Welcome to the ISTC monthly podcast, where you can keep up to date with what's going on at the ISTC and in technical communications in the UK and globally. The ISTC is the Institute for Scientific and Technical Communicators, and our members work to make scientific and technical information more accessible. I'm Imogen Craigmark, your host. I'm a member of the ISTC and a technical author in the logistics software industry. If you've tuned in for the deep dive episode with CJ Walker, you'll have to wait just a little longer until June. And now on with this month's episode. This month, I chatted with Matthew Ellison, director of UA Europe. We covered many topics in our chat, such as Madcap Flare software, working with your spouse and the joys of in-person conferences. To get the conversation started, I asked Matthew about what he studied at university. Um, I studied electronic engineering well I use the word study loosely uh, I did I did electronic engineering at university um, and it turned out I was a pretty useless engineer I was good at the maths uh, I did really well at in the maths and and ended up ended up getting a, a quite a you know a, an okay degree um, despite the fact that I was terrible at electronics um, so I shouldn't really, shouldn't really be a qualified electronic engineer, but I am. So I decided after that that engineering wasn't for me, and I became a maths teacher. Uh, I was a school teacher originally, um, and then um, I decided that 40 years of teaching maths was not going to be a good idea. I mean, I enjoyed it. I loved it. Loved working with the kids, but teaching maths, as you can imagine, is somewhat repetitive it doesn't change all that much every year yeah. so I thought I can't do 40 years of this I'll try something different I can always go back to math teaching and I just uh, left my job didn't know what I was going to do signed up with an agency and they happened to come up with a job working for a company called digital big computer company it was the second biggest company computer company in the world at that time second to IBM and um I was a became a course developer and writer for them. Yeah, yeah, so it was pure chance. It was just what the agency came up with. I fell into what, you know, effectively technical writing. So how did you go from that to being the director of your own company? Um, well, I, wor I worked for digital for three years and then decided uh, it didn't suit me working for an enormous company uh, You feel where you feel like a very tiny cog in a huge machine. So I joined a much smaller company uh, called Digitext and um, they were a kind of, they, they were an agency um, providing documentation services and recruitment and they were just getting into training. And I joined as their training manager, actually, to, to, to try and sort of get documentation training off the ground and, and seminars. And they wanted to do a conference. And um, I, I, I yeah, did my best with that. And, and that resulted, one, the most important thing that happened to me during that job is I got interested in um, Windows Online Help, which was in its infancy. And I decided I'd research this and we'll find out how to write help and at that time that meant getting hold of the microsoft help compiler and there was no internet in those days so i think i had to get that off a cd off a magazine that i bought <laughs> uh, and uh, and i taught myself how to write help and then i wrote a training course on how to write help and 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 that was that sort of set me on the track of specializing in in help and and resulted me years later in in sort of continuing to 
to teach that, but more more relating to tools like like Flare. Yeah. Does does it suit you sort of owning your own company and I suppose from oh, working? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. How no, did I get into the Euro, Euro, Euro? Well, I I left Digitext after eleven and a half years. Uh, I got and I I worked uh, in America for a year. I got I got recruited by a guy called Joe Walinski, who ran a big conference called the Winwriters Conference at that time, which was for people writing Windows Online help, and uh, it was a very successful conference until I joined. <laughs> no, I, I joined, I was unlucky. I joined virtually as 9-11 happened. Well, oh, you know, no. and um, uh, I mean, obviously, you know, my, my what, what happened to me was trivial compared to what happened to a lot of other people. Um, but it meant that the, uh, no one wanted to travel in the States. So what had been this huge, great conference the year before suddenly had to um, uh, scale down, and yeah. um, and so they couldn't. Joe couldn't keep me on, so I, I stayed working for him for a year, which was fabulous. Working in Seattle, um, wow! In with in a with an office overlooking Puget Sound with the Olympic Mountains in the background. It was amazing. It was, it was amazing, and I was virtually my own boss. Joe Joe spent most of that year kayaking on the on the lake. He, he both he recruited me to sort of do what he'd been doing with the conference so i i did that but then he uh yeah he he had to make me redundant so i came back to the uk no job and i thought well maybe maybe i could work for myself and um and i yeah started my own company uh originally it was just called matthew ellison consulting but then um, a few years later, I, I resurrected the European conference, online help conference, which I'd started at Digitext. And uh, I decided to call it UA Europe. And, and that seemed like quite a good name. So I've sort of used that name for the company. Although technically my company is Matthew Ellison Consulting. I sort of trade under the UA Europe name now and it, and right. it's basically I mean it's me and my, my, my me and my wife are the directors of the company and and the and I've I've occasionally had odd people working for me on specific projects but it's basically UA Europe it sounds very grand but it's basically me what's it like working with your wife I recently spoke to someone mm. you might know him um he's called Ray Gallon yes I do um, know Ray. yeah and he works with his wife doesn't he they yeah got, yeah yeah What's um, it like? <laughs> it's it's great. Um, we the main thing we worked on together was the conference, um, uh, and we ran that for for a few years. It we ran it. We the first one we did together was in two thousand and six, uh, and the last one we did was two thousand and seventeen. So we did twelve of them, and um, uh, I would be sort of recruiting speakers and planning the program, and George, my wife. Um, dealt with the hotel and the uh, attendees, organised everything. She did the bulk of the work, to be honest. Um, and then at the conference itself, we were, the, we, you know, we were the hosts and we kept everything running and organised competitions and things. And uh, uh, it was it was a lot of fun. And um, I I really in, we we enjoyed working together. Yeah, I think we were both oh. quite surprised by that, but we did. Um, now, yeah. now the conference is no longer going. We stopped that, luckily, in hindsight, because it would have been a nightmare with what happened in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, we don't we don't do so much together, um, but we um, 
Well, I mentioned my hobby is theatre. We, we do do quite a lot of theatre together and we actually present a radio programme together now on wow. uh, arts and the theatre. Yeah, That's so cool. On local radio. I'm jotting that down. Yeah. <laughs> radio programme. Oh, well, that's a really nice story because, I mean, I know not everyone would enjoy working with their spouse, maybe. Well, you know, enjoy no. is not the right word but you I could imagine it's like mixing your home life and work and it doesn't always work it, out exactly yeah. I think we were a bit worried about that but um yeah no it, it's been okay we we do you know we do still have uh, luckily um my office now anyway and for a few years has is is quite separate from the house I'm in a sort of cabin in the garden so ah. I so I do we are sort of physically <laughs> apart we sometimes talk via email during the day but uh, she's in the house I'm in I'm in my cabin oh that's so, so cool yeah, yeah. Where, when in this kind of timeline did your association with Madcap Flair come about then? Um, well, I, I mentioned that I'd, I'd, start, I'd started this course many years ago working at Digitext, how to write online help. And at that time, there were a few tools around. They were kind of in, the, in their infancy. The, the tool I actually latched onto most was an Australian product called HDK which I thought was a really good tool. I mean, it kind of does have some similarities to Flare today, um, but there was another tool called RoboHelp mm -hmm. and that, you know, that, that had, hadn't been going long. And um, uh, so I got, I, I got into that a bit and started doing training on RoboHelp. And then many, year, a few years later, the guy, uh, Macromedia bought, um, eHelp, which was the company that, that had RoboHelp. So RoboHelp became a Macromedia product and then Macromedia got bought by Adobe. And what happened was the developers who developed RoboHelp, who I'd known for a few years, um, decided they'd be better off on their own. So they left and they started Madcap Software and, oh. uh, and created the new product called Flare. And I already knew them. I'd worked with them for a few years because of my association with RoboHelp and training on RoboHelp. So they said to me, look, we've got this new tool. Will, will, you, will you be a trainer for us on that? And I was very lucky. I was sort of grandfathered in um, to, and, and taught and, and um, yeah, tested the product, looked at beta copies um, wow. and then, you know, started training with Flare version one. Wow, that's so cool. I didn't realize you were there from like the sort of inception of Flair. In yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, excellent. Well, yeah, a little bit more on Flair. Um, do you, so do you really enjoy working with it? Are there any tools that you're trained to teach in? Or I do enjoy working with Flair. It, like because, because I do. And yeah. I do, but I've, I've met people who don't get on with it that well, um, but mm. I really like it. I think you have to completely immerse yourself in it. You have to, you have to invest a lot, quite a bit of time in it. And I quite like that. It, it, that, that. That's why I liked HDK as well. HDK was quite a big product with lots of hidden depths and lots of little, you know, foibles and tricks you had to learn. And uh, from, from a consultant or a trainer's point of view, that's great because in a way, the, the harder a tool is for to learn and, and the, the, the weirder it is, the more people are going to need training, and uh, and uh, so yeah, I quite, I enjoy talking about Flair and all its complexities and its little characteristics and foibles, and 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 I've I've grown to love it over the years. Yes, yeah, and I think it's I think it's very good at what it does. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think maybe the resistance comes from people who 
are afraid of the unknown a bit, maybe because they haven't used it. And I suppose when you look at the interface at first, it can be a bit intimidating, you know, when I first started using it. But I think it's, I think it's really clever, everything you can do in it. It's all in one like neat package. So you don't have to use other bits of software, really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think the interface maybe could yeah it's not the most intuitive interface i've ever seen maybe but um but yeah once you you know once you get to know it it's um it's 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 fine yeah um as regarding other tools um for years i did train on robelt i don't do much with robelt these days i've pretty much yeah stopped doing um work with robelt um i do use another tool called helper manual which i like a lot as well um, that's right. from a, a European company called EC Software, based right. in Austria, and it's a it's um it's a slightly simpler tool than Flare. It still has it has its hidden depths, but it's a more it's an easier tool to learn, um, and a um, little bit more intuitive. It, it was kind of modelled on the look and feel of Microsoft Word, uh, certainly in its early days, and uh, and I like that tool a lot but there are things you can't do with helper manual that you can do with flare so um what i normally say is if you if you're a kind of occasional writer of help helper manual is good but if you want to go into the depths then flare is better what are some of your greatest achievements in your career that i suppose the things i'm i'm most proud of and the most significant things are the the original training course on online help I created because that that sort of suddenly proved popular I've been struggling to as as training manager at Digitext I've been struggling to come up with training courses that that had great appeal you know we offered training and documentation skills and we 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 had to scratch around to find people to come on this course but as soon as we offered this online help course it, it appeared that there were a lot of people wanting to do it who who didn't know how to. So I was very pleased that I'd um, yeah I'd done this research and I'd I'd found out how to do it and 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 yeah that was probably my the thing I enjoyed and I'm most proud of and and then um, since then uh, the conference which the the UA Europe conference which we we ran as I mentioned. Um, mm. from from 2006 to 2017 and we took it to various places in Europe the 2007 conference was in Vilnius in Lithuania oh. and um, we went to Sweden and we went to uh, Dublin Edinburgh um, and where else Manchester a couple of times um, and uh, and every and every conference we ran was, successful in terms of the number of attendees and it was a good sort of vibe and and nice feedback everyone seemed to enjoy themselves so that was good enjoyed that and 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 it was relatively successful um and in recent times uh i mentioned i've mentioned to you i think before we started recording that i've been doing less training over the last couple of years since the pandemic because um you know, no one, no one can travel or no one could travel. Um, but so I've done more consultancy over the last couple of years. And there have been a couple of projects that I've really enjoyed sort of pushing the boundaries with what's possible in Flare and learning a bit of JavaScript and some advanced CSS 
to um, to do things that aren't possible with Flare. For example, um, a, a documentation portal where you can, when when you go into the portal, you can choose which platform you're you're working with, um, and and having chosen that platform, it will then remember your choice and then sort of filter out content that isn't relevant to the platform you've you've chosen. That sounds yeah. really clever. Yeah, really yeah. intuitive. Yeah, it sort of said because otherwise, every time people visited the portal, the first time they had the first thing they had to do was say, OK, I'm using um, uh, GCP or I'm using AWS. And, and it was sort of one extra click and it got a bit irritating. Um, whereas if, if, if it could remember your choice and then just show you, filter out anything else that was that was useful. So that was yeah something I was quite pleased to have done. Yeah, um, I guess it must be nice to see when you've been doing the consultancy, maybe see how you've affected that company or how they've mm. grown through your help. The, the companies I work with, well, this company, I'm, the one the example I gave, it was a pretty, it was a big company to begin with. So I don't think I made, don't think I made much difference there. But um, uh, no, it is, it's nice if, if they tell me that it's resulting in, um, you know, people reporting better satisfaction and finding their answers more easily. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to get that sort of feedback. Yeah, what about the Horace Hockley Award? I, um, oh. I read that you, uh, yeah, that you were awarded it. I've, ne uh, well, I've never met anyone else who's won it, so uh, well, just intrigued. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know why I, I won that, really. Um, and uh, yeah, to answer, the, I, it was lovely, though. I was invited to the... Um, the uh, conference, uh, the annual ISTC conference. I don't think it was called TCUK in those days. Might have been, and um, I was presented with the award, and I and I gave the keynote presentation at that conference as well. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, it was it was it was it was very nice. Um, I I I suppose it was mainly to do with the training I'd done on um, in in uh, in online help and that kind of thing and perhaps we had already started to run the conference again at that point so that maybe the conference had something to do with it I don't know I don't oh know. I think you've just been humble I'm sure it was really well well earned honestly <laughs> um how long have you been a member of the ISTC are you a long-standing member good question um I the first ISTC conference I went to, and I, I can't remember if I was a member at that time, um, but would have been probably um, in about, round about 1990. So, mm -hmm. you know, that 32 years ago, gone. And I was in Bournemouth, I remember the conference, which is where my original hometown. So I went and oh. stayed with my parents for a couple of days, and, and which is nice, and uh, yeah, visited the conference. That's nice. I've still never been to a conference because obviously I didn't join that long ago. And then we had two years of COVID. I went to yeah. the online one. Right. It's not the same, really. It's is not it? the same. No, 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 but it was nice. I hope the in-person ones start up again. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's really good. Um, I mean, the presentations are usually excellent, but just meeting people, um, like-minded people, I find is the best thing about a conference and chatting and you just get a feel for what other people are doing and what's important, what you, you know, you go back with lots of ideas um, and, and usually, you know, more motivated as well. 
So I yeah. think it's it's all about what what happens sort of behind this, you know, in the in the coffee breaks and and in the evenings conferences. That's the best bits. Yeah, well, I was going to ask sort of about strengths and weaknesses of the ISTC, but I suppose that that's answered it in a way. The strengths mm. are sort of meeting like-minded people. Um, but but do you have any more yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I used to go to um, meetups, um, you know, local meetups as well. I haven't been to one for a good while. I mean, that's partly COVID related, um, but it's also partly because I think there is no local group to me now unfortunately um maybe i should maybe i should start one you should uh, yeah. well whereabouts are you if you don't mind i'm in the south um ah, okay yeah oh, i mean i'm in the uh, north yeah so I come to yours <laughs> no 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 i'm in i'm in i'm in a place called romsey which is just north of southampton oh that's nice yeah um, there was um, a lady called Marjorie Jones who used to organize actually she she that's right she had a she organized a kind of mad a madcap flare group and oh. we used to get together um, oh, that's nice but I can't remember the last one of those I went to it's probably about five five or six years ago yeah um, so yeah meet the meetups are good um, obviously the communicator is a great um, journal um I, I i always enjoy reading that um so it's a good way to just sort of keep in touch with as i say what's what's best practice what's going on any latest developments and news um yeah I quite, I, and i do quite like the paper format of of that although it's I, me I think too it's kind of being phased out isn't it now yeah, there's a bit of a push for paperless with um, mm. Earth Day in April and everything. But mm. I really like the paper format as well. Mm. I always do. Like, I prefer real books to yeah. audio books. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I remember so, I because I, I used when I was in America, I joined STC, which is the I've heard sort of, of, yeah, the sort of American counterpart, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah a, a huge organization it was at that time. And their conference was massive. It had 2000 people attending. And, and they had a magazine, um, a very good one called Intercom, I think it was. And I used to read it regularly. And they, they stopped doing it. Uh, they stopped a printed copy and they just went online. And, you know, I never read a single issue after that. I just didn't. Mm. I just never got read. I thought, oh, well, it's online. I can read it. And I just I never read it. Whereas when they when I when they posted me the magazine, I'd open it up and, I, and I'd, I'd sit down and read it and I'd flick through and things would catch my eye. So, yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe uh, teenagers and, pe you know, people. I was going to say, do you ever present at conferences such as TC UK? You've sort of answered that, but um, if you, tell me a bit about presenting yeah. and if you've got any coming up this I year. I have, year. yeah. I've, I've got a conference coming up um, next month in in Austin, Texas. It's the Mad World Conference, the, the Madcap Conference. Of course, yeah. 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 Oh, are you, gonna, are you going in person? I am, it... yeah, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. Uh, I, uh, I think I've... I've been to I've been to every conference they've done except one. I think I missed missed their second conference and uh, they they usually very good conferences. And I and I always I do always speak at the conference when I go. Um, yeah, I've spoken at the IS, at the at TCUK a few times and I obviously the conference we ran, I used to always speak at and um, and, and Joe Walinski's conference in America, the the one I ran and 
put the kiss of death on <laughs> when I was there. Um, that that was going about twenty years, and I uh, uh, and I spoke at that every every year. I'd usually do two or three presentations. So I, th I think I've probably done somewhere around about a hundred or so conference presentations over the over the years, and and I and I enjoy it. It's good. It's good fun. I hope you enjoyed our chat. I thought it was really interesting. I would like to thank Matthew for being this month's guest and thank you all for listening. If you have any questions for Matthew, you can search for him on LinkedIn. And now for some news. The Mad World Conference is set to take place in Austin, Texas, starting on June 12th and running to June 15th. This is both in person and online. To register, visit madcapsoftware.com. Also, don't forget about Omnichannel X Conference 2022, taking place around the same time, June the 13th to June the 16th. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please like, comment, subscribe and share. As ever, feedback is always welcome, so please get in touch at istc at istc.org.uk. You can find out more about the ISTC at istc.org.uk or just search ISTC on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Please tune in next month for another exciting episode. Goodbye.